Five-Air Rockstar and welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantors, speaker, coach and founder of The C-Method, where I help high-performing professionals and business leaders build powerful communication skills. You can learn more at thecmethod.com. Now, I have a very exciting announcement, Rockstar. You know, last year, one of my goals for 2018 was to hit a million podcast downloads and I believe it was like the 30th of December. It was right at the end. We hit a million. So I'm very, very excited. I'm very proud of this achievement. And I thank you so much for listening and downloading, subscribing, sharing all of that good stuff and helping the podcast to grow to that point where we've reached a million downloads. I can't believe it. It's insane. So good. So good. Now, one of my more engaged listeners, his name is Jeff, he emailed me recently and um, I just wanted to share, this has nothing to do with the million downloads, um, of course, although I think Jeff's probably downloaded his fair share of of episodes, Um, but he wrote to me recently to tell me how the podcast has been helping him and I was very touched by this and I thought I would share it with you. So this is the, um, like the abridged version of Jeff's email. He writes, I wanted to reach out to you and thank you for your podcast and the advice that you and your guests have given me. I take your podcast as personal messages to me. I left the company that I worked at for 22 years for a host of reasons, one of them being that my boss's way to grow the company was the only way. That perspective forced out key executive managers, with me being the last man standing. Early October, I started negotiating a separation agreement. I hired an attorney who helped me make the deal work and the deal was made. During that time, I found a new job, way outside my industry of 22 years, but using my sales skills, which will formally start mid-January. I feel strongly that your podcast was instrumental in giving me tools and confidence to be successful in making a change. End email. So I want to say thank you, huge thank you to Jeff for sharing this with me and also giving me permission to read it out on the podcast. It's so wonderful to hear you've taken positive action towards a more fulfilling career and that you've leaned into that discomfort of finding a role in a brand new industry, which is so scary for a lot of people. And I'm incredibly humbled to hear that the podcast has been a key part of your development and in helping you to make that change. So thank you. Now, I know that many of you have also shared how the podcast has helped you in the Facebook group, The C-Method Rockstars, and you know I, I really appreciate every single one of your stories. So thank you, everyone, for, you know, if you have shared uh, that with me. Okay, shall we move on? Let's move on. Let's meet our special guest this week. Now, I'm really excited about this one because our guest is, he's a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Tristan Wright. Now, Tristan is a business strategist and coach, and his company is called Evolve to Grow, which you can find at evolvetogrow.com. He's also the co-host of the Story and the Storyteller and the Sherpa podcast. Now, I've known Tristan for about a year now. We're part of the same networking group, um, Fresh Networking. I've talked about it before on the show. If you're in Melbourne, you should totally come and visit us. We're super fun and friendly. Come visit Fresh Networking. Um, Anyway, so Tristan has a really interesting story, which is why I wanted to bring him on the podcast. He has gone through what many people fear. He started his own business. 
He built it up to become extremely successful and then he lost everything. He went into huge amounts of debt and, you know, many would call this a business failure. But he managed to pull himself out of the mess and sell the business. He learned a number of powerful lessons and he developed critical business skills throughout this journey, which led him to starting Evolve to Grow, where he now helps small business owners to grow their own profitable businesses whilst living a life they love. Now, in this conversation, Tristan shares his story and the key lessons he learned from his failings. You know, one of the best things about failing or not achieving what you want is that you learn amazing things and the, and if you can implement those that's where you know that's where it becomes the most powerful we also talk about why it's important to be vulnerable and bring your human side to work so whether you're a business owner or a corporate leader this episode will be relevant relevant for you it's not just for business owners now, show notes are at thecmethod.com slash 194. I'll put links there to how you can connect with Tristan. Okay, so let's meet the wonderful Tristan Wright. Now, my first question to him was, you know, Tristan, you call yourself Chief Business Sherpa. That's his, that's his title. And I asked him, what does that actually mean? Here's Tristan. Let's say you were to go climb... Mount Everest or Mount Kilimanjaro, would you would you go and climb that mountain by yourself? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'd probably you'd probably get a Sherpa uh, or or a guide, so someone that's climbed that mountain before to to help assist you on on the way up to to reach that goal. Yes, to carry your bags, yeah, carry to, your bags, do all the heavy lifting for you. Yeah, yeah, and to to guide you in the right, on the right paths to take because mm. they've they've done it before. So relating that back to business, uh, I've, I've grown a business and I've had that goal of uh, a, a big mountain. I've fallen off the sides of the cliff and, and kept on going up to the top. So I've been up to the top, uh, reached, reached a few pretty significant, go- significant goals in my previous business. And now I actually go and help other business owners do, their, do the same thing, help them achieve their goals in, within business. Hence, hence business Sherpa because <laughs> been there before and done that and now now helping others. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Tristan, um, I've been. I mean, we've been talking about doing this podcast together for a while, so I'm excited that we finally got a chance to do this. And I remember the first time we met, we you were telling me about the time or how you you've experienced growing a business to being very successful and then failing in that business and losing everything and then building yourself back up. And I think that is such a huge fear for so many people to put their all into something and then to have it not work out. So I'd love to talk to you today about what happened and what you learned from that and how you managed to bounce back and build up, build yourself back up and become very successful as, as a business Sherpa. So firstly, Tristan, tell me what was what was that first business venture that you went on? So don't don't hate me, but uh, selling lycra, uh, cycling clothing, and triathlon clothing, and, and running clothing. Oh, really? So, <laughs> some people either love it or hate it. So uh, yeah. Well, so. I'm not the one wearing it, so I guess it doesn't impact me that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I actually built that business uh, in out of 
uh, the back room or kitchen um, of, the, of our small two bed or one bedroom flat at the time and I was working on it in my spare time and I saw a gap in the market for cycling clothing originally because there wasn't a lot a lot of good quality suppliers and started building that up and before I knew it I was, I was working on the business full-time and employing staff in the Philippines and Australia and uh, turning over doing six-figure months kind of thing so sort of uh, there's a lot of a lot of long hours in in the early days growing that business was it very quick growth relatively uh, I think in the first year uh, and this was when I was still working on it I was still working on it out of hours in the evening first year it turned over about 230,000 in in year 1 that's not shabby <laughs> When, when, when I was, uh, thank you, when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, this is slow. But in hindsight, 200, about 230 in year one is uh, when you're working on it in your spare time, that's pretty pretty decent. So, Did you have a, a business coach at the time? At, at the time, I, I definitely didn't. I didn't even know business coaches existed. So it was, uh, I would uh, leave work at five o'clock and, and work until midnight and, and, and go and learn everything myself. But I... When I say I turned over two hundred thirty thousand, I didn't actually make a lot of profit because I was probably spending money in in areas that I shouldn't have spent money, just just not being efficient, basically. Mm. Yeah, that business kept on growing. I went went full time on it and had it at seven figures. Uh, and I thought, okay, yeah, I'm doing doing pretty well. I thought I was invincible. But after how many years was this? About four years after after going full time uh mm. oh sorry after after setting it up i was i'd got to the seven figures kind of thing so yeah it wasn't it wasn't a didn't didn't get there overnight that's for sure but i thought i was invincible and like i was i was getting contracts at, at australian government level uh with banks uh with with the big motor companies but I had two things hit me that I didn't expect. Uh, the the Aussie dollar dropped by about twenty five percent, and and at the same time, my then wife came to me and uh, said our marriage is over. So I, this is when I just invested a whole heap of money into the the business, and mm. very suddenly I wasn't making the high profits that I was, and I was sort of paralysed because my personal life uh, had been impacted in a way I, di- I didn't think it would be. So that's when I got in debt and lost lost a lot of money because I, I stopped focusing on the business because uh, because I'd been I put all of my energy into it and hadn't actually managed a work life balance because at the end of the day you don't live to work you work to live but I was uh, I was living to work at the time. So did that come as a surprise to you? Uh, which bit? The the bit in your in your personal life with your yeah, marriage not uh, working out. Uh, like we'd been on 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 rocky roads, but I didn't see it. I didn't think it was that bad, kind of thing. So uh, it was obviously a lot worse than I thought. So it came definitely came as a surprise. I I'm always a per, always have been a person to to try and work things out. I didn't feel like I was given that opportunity. But mm. at the end of the day, hindsight definitely the best thing that that happened for both of us, both in a person, personal uh, sense and then for me professionally too. I learned so much about myself during that period, uh, learned about what was important to me and what I wanted to get out of life as well. Mm. So what were you feeling at the time? To be honest, uh, I would go into work and just sit at the desk and just just be numb 
and I would do the bare minimum. And for for months on end, I was like, like I'd set it, the business up to sort of run without me, but I still I still needed my uh, final decision making uh, done by me. So with me not operating in the business at 100% capacity, our, our revenue dropped, our debts went up, uh, and I was just sitting there feeling numb and burying my head in the sand and making things worth worse for myself. So are you like avoiding <laughs> all the things you needed to do? Yeah, def- definitely. So I like I was it was an avoidance tactic and I I don't know that I was deliberately avoiding it. I just didn't know what to do. I'd been successful and I hadn't come across any major roadblocks in life before or I hadn't hadn't come across any any major hurdles I'd been able to get get over this and get over anything I needed to but this time I'd had two major hurdles thrown at me at once and and I just uh clammed up I guess Hey Rockstar, I want to take a quick break to let you know that applications are now open for the C-Method Apprenticeship Program, my brand new program for speakers, coaches and consultants. Now in this 13-month program, you will learn everything I know about creating a thriving coaching and speaking business that aligns with your values, your authentic communication style and your purpose. Essentially, I will be your coach, your mentor, your business advisor, your accountability partner, and dedicated evangelist for 13 months. This program is for you, if you, I've got a few things here, if you've been in business for yourself for at least two years, you want to build your brand and visibility as a thought leader in your field. Maybe you feel stuck in your business, you feel like you've plateaued, or maybe you're tired of trying to do it all on your own. You want to put yourself out there as a speaker but you don't know how or your self-doubt and your fears are holding you back. You're ready to make big changes and take your business to the next level of success and profitability. And finally, you resonate with the way I have built my brand and business and want to learn from me as someone who's been there and done it all before. So if that sounds like you, then I invite you to apply for the apprenticeship program. Go to thecmethod.com slash apprenticeship. Uh, there's more info there and a link for, to where you can apply. The link is also in the description of this podcast to make it easy for you. Now, when you apply, you'll be asked to answer a few questions. Then we'll set up an in-depth discovery call to explore your goals, your challenges, your aspirations, and to see if the program is a good fit for you and if working together makes sense for us. Again, that link is thecmethod.com slash apprenticeship. Don't forget the the, the thecmethod.com slash apprenticeship. Now, look, as a business owner, I know what it's like to feel stuck, frustrated, and lacking in motivation when you're not getting the results you want. I have learned that doing nothing is the worst thing you can do. So if you're ready to make some big changes and you know deep down in your gut that something needs to happen, it must happen, then I encourage you to take one tiny piece of action right now and reach out. I look forward to speaking with you. Okay, back to the show. So Tristan, can you share with me what was the the moment or was there even a, a mo- like an aha moment for you or a turning point where you went, 
I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. So it wasn't actually one aha moment. It's just over a, a period of time. And, but I, I do remember one saying, I can't remember who it was that told me um, or where I read it, but it was, if it's going to be, it's got to be me. And that's where I realized that no one else was going to go and clean up the mess that I got myself into, that I needed to go and clean that up and that I needed to, and I knew that I didn't have the skill set or the tools at the time to do that. So I needed to go and talk to people that would listen, that could give me advice that had been there and, and done that and just plug away at, at slowly and knowing that the situation I was in is like the Titanic turning around and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to fix it overnight, but that I needed to start getting a few small wins and, and having, having a few people around me supporting me and helping me get those small wins and putting in place that strategy allowed me to turn that that Mm. titanic that was sinking around so when you talk about the titanic like it does seem so overwhelming when you're Mm. looking at a giant problem and going how the hell am i going to get out of this what was that one small step that, that you that you took so this is this is really really interesting it's simple it's like when you look at it in hindsight, it's like you say, where do I want to be in a year's time and what are the major action points that need to need to happen to be able to tick that off and, and get there? So, and it's really interesting. People, everyone in the head, uh, you're thinking about an issue and 99% of the time you when you're thinking about it, you ma- you manifest it to be a lot larger and a lot worse than what it is. And then if you actually start writing it down and what points, what you actually need to do to do it, to get, to fix that issue, it actually becomes a lot easier. You're like, okay, here, here are the steps. This is what I need to do. I need to do step one to get to step two. And then I've already solved 20% of the issue. Mm. Can you give an example of how that played out for you? <laughs> All right. So... So the first thing was I, I had late bills with my suppliers. Like, so I was turning over 200, three, uh, uh, 300K a quarter kind of thing at times. So obviously I had, had bills to my suppliers and I, I had to go and face the suppliers and say, hey, so, hey guys, I, I can't pay this straight away. I've been a good customer previously. Let's, can we work on a payment plan? So basically being honest with, with the people that I owed money to and saying this is this is the steps that I want to take. Can you let me trade through this? I had invested money in marketing, and I was I was going through a whole rebranding process at the time, and I, I basically needed to to say to the marketing company, I I've I've committed to all of this, and you've done the work, but the money is not there right away. Rather than running and hiding from it, which I did for for a while, can we? Pl- I uh, I said this is where I am now. This is the situation I am. I want to make things right. Can we please put in place a, a payment plan? And I talked, talking to the owner of that company, he was human as well. He understood where I'd been, uh, what I was going through. And he said, yep, thanks for finally telling me this is the situation. This is why let's, let's work something out. Hmm. How did your suppliers respond? So the supplier... I was one of their biggest customers. So they, the suppliers weren't necessarily happy, 
but knowing that I was one of their biggest customers mm. and that I was working on it, my trading terms obviously got tightened, but they, they wanted to support me through this. So the biggest learning I took out of it was if there's an issue, let's deal with it and deal with the people or the businesses impacted straight away rather than hiding putting your head in the sand because putting your head in the sand it only just makes it worse. Mm. But what was the fear of, you know, because obviously you're avoiding it because there's a fear of something. So what, what was that fear? Uh, so fear number one was, oh, shit, I've got, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear here, but I've got 150, 200K debt racked up. What if uh, everyone calls it in straight away? I can't do this. I'm going to go bankrupt kind of thing. Mm. I, so like worst case scenario type of stuff. Yeah, I, I, in my head I was thinking, thinking all worst case scenario. What, what if everyone calls it in straight away, and like that, what was never going to happen? But uh, when you get yourself in that situation, you start thinking worst case scenario. Mm. So how did you feel during those conversations? <laughs> One of them I was in tears because I like I was embarrassed uh like I was almost yeah pretty much in in tears with with one of them so uh because I I didn't want to be in that situation and I was I understood how I was impacting other people too and and I'd made mistakes so I wouldn't necessarily say I was embarrassed but just yeah knowing what potential consequences were for everyone involved is it's not nice and it sounds like you were open. I mean, eventually, once you yeah. decided to make that change, you were open to being vulnerable with them and showing them that you truly were sorry and that, you know, that you'd, you'd admitting to your mistake. And it sounds like that they could see that, that vulnerability and that humanness in you, which I'm sure yeah. would have led them to wanting to help you out instead of, you know, reporting you straight away. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I, I realized to to actually move forward both with the business and for me to learn, I, I needed to be vulnerable rather than holding things close to my chest because the moment I opened up, the moment I was able to start growing as a person and, and realizing what was important to me uh, and the people around me. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's amazing how, what I learned from from the business side, how that has also impacted how I interact with people on a on a daily basis as well. Can you give an example of that? So, uh, relationships. Like I I learned I need to be vulnerable in business to move forward, but being vulnerable and open and stating what I wanted in in a relationship allowed um, allowed me to find that my new partner, uh, someone that I'm, I'm really quite happy with <laughs> mm. and I both really happy together. So, and one of the rules that we set for each other when we first started, started dating was that, that we're not to bury our head in the sand, that we need to need to communicate and be vulnerable with each other to have a, a relationship at the level that will satisfy us both mm. and both of our requirements. And that just allows us both to be so much happier, both, nine to five in, in our, our jobs business and then personally out, out of ours as well. And it's something that requires input from both sides. You know, you can't have one person being vulnerable and the other person not. 
you know, it takes Correct. takes both people to be able to show that level of vulnerability. As the saying goes, it takes two to tango. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was speaking with a friend the other week, actually, and she was saying, I keep attracting emotionally unavailable guys. And I was asking her about how she behaves and does she put herself out there? Is she vulnerable? And she was like, well, no, I find it really hard to do that. And I was like, well, if you're not going to be that way, then how can you expect other people to be that way with you? You know, you you attract Correct. what you put out there. Yeah, that that's it. Uh, and, and effectively, you're the sum of the, the the five people that you spend most amount of time with. So if the five people closest to you uh, aren't emotionally available, you're going to not end up being emotionally available as well. Mm. So, or if you've got five entrepreneurial friends, you're most likely going to be entrepreneurial. So if you want to attract someone that's emotionally available, you need to think, am I actually emotionally available? Yes. Uh, And I think a lot of people struggle with this at work as well, especially in the corporate environment where they feel they have to have Mm -hmm. their business face on. I mean, even business owners, you know, we often feel like we have to appear like we're successful, we've got it all together and we're really professional and we and I, and I, I know I've got clients who say that they've been told they need to bring more of their personality to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, Erin, uh, my partner, is probably a, a pretty good example of that. Up until about six, she's been relatively successful in her career, but up until six months ago, she was very formal, didn't show a lot of personality, didn't, didn't necessarily speak up. But over the last six months, she's decided to to dress more like she dresses on the weekend, so brighter dresses. And, oh, I love that. And and actually be her real self and be authentic. And and when there's seminars and presentations, she she gets up and asks the right questions now. So she actually engages uh, with people, and and she's had so much positive feedback, uh, both from people uh, in different areas of the company but senior managers as well have come back and said they've noticed the the change in how she interacts and and in turn the results that that she's getting Mm. so much so that she's actually been promoted in that period and the big thing was that uh we were were talking about being your authentic self a few months ago and she decided to do that at work and the changes have been massive yes that's such that's so incredible to hear it's it's just so hard when everyone else is putting on this face but and so it yeah. is very brave um and courageous to do that to put yourself out there so yeah well done yeah. to Erin absolutely so Tristan tell, can you tell me what or how you bring vulnerability into your business now so just just looping back like we didn't we didn't complete the story I yeah. sorry just for our listeners uh once I went through the issues with with my previous business I ended up being able to clean that business up and systematize it and take it back to its former glory and and eventually sell wow. sell that business. How long did it take so, you to do that? Uh, it was probably about an uh, an eighteen month period, give or take a, f- a few months. So once you once you start negotiating the sale and everything, that takes a few months as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I realized I'm still learning, but uh, some of the errors of my ways and was able to, to clean it up. So it could actually uh, be a successful business and sold that. But going back to your question just before you're asking about what vulnerability I bring mm. was that. So after I sold, sold the business, I, I realized that I've got a skill set to be able to 
to help other business owners uh, with with their business and it's really interesting just last week i was feeling personally vulnerable in in my business and i've had the, in my new business and i've actually had significant growth with this business over the last 12 months but for some reason the last two weeks I, I was feeling vulnerable and i decided to share that with a few of my clients and and we're having back and forth conversations and like wow you're the business sherpa uh, and you, you're still feeling vulnerable and not perfect and the way we're able to to build on our professional relationship and what was amazing but we're able to actually get more results for those business owners and and delve into a deeper level uh, than we had over the previous months. So, and that, that was something I just learned. I just went through last week. Mm. Um, and why do you think that that was able to help them more? Why was that able to help them more? Sometimes, sometimes you, being a business coach or business sherpa or consultant, they always clients always ex, can expect you to be one or two steps ahead or uh, be, put you on a bit of a pedestal, and that everything everything that comes out of your mouth is gospel, but that's not true. So, and actually sharing that I and my team can make mistakes actually shared with the clients that we're on a learning process as well. And that sometimes it's just beneficial to have rather than me giving advice or asking the questions, sometimes it's beneficial just to have a, an open conversation and, and mm. talk about similar experiences. I think that's such a powerful lesson because I know many people listening might be leaders at work or aspiring leaders and it can be very easy to feel like you have to present as, you know, you've got it all together, you're the perfect leader, you, you know, you're strong and unshakable when in reality, you know, people who look up to you will respect you more and connect with you more if they can see that you are human just like them and that you're not, exactly you're not what some flawless robot <laughs> that's exactly what i was about to say and i i've uh whilst i had it like i was feeling vulnerable i kept on reminding myself yeah I, just because i'm the sheriff it doesn't mean i'm not human uh, and and we are human everyone everyone's learning everyone makes mistakes and and allowing others to to understand that or showing that to others uh, the more likely you are to grow and be able to support uh the people that you need to Yes, absolutely. I know when, I mean, I, I got up to, I spoke to a group of women last week and I mentioned that I've been speaking for about five years now and I'm a professional speaker and facilitator. And then, and I said, I assure you everyone, those nerves around speaking to a group do not ever fully go away. They will always mm -hmm. be there. It's just about how you manage them. And afterwards, one Correct. of the women came up to me and said, I, I'm so glad that you shared that. She said, I can't believe that you've been speaking for so long and you say that the nerves don't go away. She said, it's really inspiring and has motivated me to keep going. You know, so it's, Things like that that we don't realize, and you know, it's Brené Brown who says that um, we see our vulnerabilities as weakness, but other people see them as strength. Correct, and it's uh, understanding those feelings uh, that that you're feeling, whether it's going up to speak uh, professionally or or make a decision. It's understanding them and working out how to harness them as a power, mm. because everyone everyone has 